TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Right now it's one guy and one mic as we wait for the big dog to check in, the coach, and hopefully the big dog going to be with you right up until 11 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us here. Beautiful, beautiful uh, Tuesday in the fine city of Chicago. Hope everybody off to a great start on this uh, wonderful morning. Be at work, be at home, or be wherever you be. That enough bees for today's show. Uh, we had a no-hitter yesterday in baseball. We'll certainly talk about that. Another no-hitter. And so I can't remember a season where we've had more near-perfect games, more perfect games, more no-hitters. The pitchers continue to dominate in Major League Baseball and White Sox and Cubs. Both coming off with winners yesterday. Very, very nicely done. 888-463-6748. That is our phone number here. It's thetalkzone.com. 24-7 internet talk, not just sports talk, but we got all kinds of shows for you. Today it is sports talk from 10 till 11. Two guys and a mic, and again, right now it's one guy. One mic, you want to take microphone number two, it is open for you. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports. You're tired about sports? That's fine. Get off the sports pitch. Talk politics. You want to talk movies. You want to talk natural disasters. We're right here for you. That's what we do. We jump off the sports page early and often. Two guys at a mic. I believe the big dog is now joining us. Speaking of natural disasters, one of the greatest human natural disasters, and I say that in only the nicest of terms, Joe Edwanski joining me on the uh, phone lines. Joe, how are you? Uh, Coach, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And considering that I have, you know, I'm not in Iowa, I'm not on the Gulf Shore, I'm not like in California where the earthquakes are about to start hitting, you know, uh, I think I'm everything's good right now. So well, even, uh, even though I'm you know I'm jobless, penniless, <laughs> carless, you know somehow you know I'm still getting other things that most men want. So you're not loveless. So well, of the, I'm loveless of yeah. the you're loveless too. I'm definitely loveless. Oh wow! Oh for three on the big lessons. Stateless is the best way for me to put it. Well, that's not good. I thought at least you had one out of the three lessons working for you. But when you have all three lessons in the negative range, that's not good. Jobless, dateless, carless. and what was the other lesson? Homeless. Well, no, no. Oh, no, carless. Carless. Yeah. All right. So the home is fine. Which okay. Is good. You don't, and I guarantee once the weather turns and I don't have the pool, uh, even though I am loveless, I probably will remain dateless at that particular <laughs> time. Well, remember what they say about uh, much chagrined Chicago sports caster Les Grobstein, Big Dog. I will say this to you. Remember, less is more. And, and don't forget, I only know him as the Grobber. <laughs> Grabber or the Grobber? A little of the both out there. All right. Big Dog, great to talk to you. had a no-hitter in baseball yesterday. Oh, by the way, you're not exactly up on your natural disasters. You mentioned the Gulf Coast. You mentioned Iowa. If you're going to be our natural uh, disaster expert, you got to be up on a little bit. The floods right here in the city of Chicago, 30 minutes from you, an hour from you, an hour and a half away. People getting, uh, what was it, like six inches of rain, seven inches of rain in a 24 period of time flooding. A lot of people are homeless. So in your natural disasters, you forgot to put a shout out to the fine folks in Chicago area who are uh, suffering a bit right now. 
Uh, well, considering that I'm one of those people suffering. Really? Yeah, Coach, of course, I'm the only bedroom that gets water. Oh. You have no idea. I'm, you know, I get out of bed and I, it, it, I ended up sleeping in uh, in another room there because they have another bed and I had, never mind, but I ended up sleeping in another room. How can it flood in your, you're sleeping in a closet right now. It didn't flood in the closet, did it? Well, yes, yes. Oh. So now, so Orhe moved out. And by the way, it isn't a closet, okay? But it, it's just like a real big room. It's it's a run-in closet, by the way. It's a very large closet is the best way to put it. <laughs> so now that now that Mahmoud has gone to Hawaii to do whatever the heck he's doing out there, I, so I can't even believe they let him on a plane, to yep. be quite honest with you. Very scary. So, I, you know, I moved back in, in, into that room. So I go in <laughs> to get my stuff the other day, and there's like an inch of water. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? The, the dog couldn't have drank that much. And was she that mad at me? She just peed everywhere? Uh, can I say pee on the air, David? Oh, I yes, guess I you can. can. So, well, anyways, <laughs> find out that it had rained the night before. It's, it's unbelievable, Coach, because we're really high. So everybody in my neighborhood is lower than us. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine what those people got. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I guess if it rains, wait, like we can actually get more rain in a day, but if we get that much in that short a time for some that's reason, my room floods. Yes, and I think that's the key with a lot of houses. You can handle a lot of rain if it's over an extended period of time. It's when it comes that hard, that quickly, that's when the flood basins uh, uh, overflow, and that's when the water starts draining into people's basements. A lot of horrible stories out there. I remember only one time it hit me hard, and that's when I was living in an apartment, big dog, but a ground floor apartment, you know, a basically garden, below ground. I believe they call them. Yeah, a garden. Yeah, they beautifully put a garden apartment. Yeah, very nice. They charge you. They call it a garden apartment. They charge you a hundred bucks more a month, just so you can say that. But I remember, uh, like you, sleeping right through the rain back in the days when I actually slept soundly, and I still remember the feeling to this day. Waking up, having no idea, taking my first step out of bed, and there was a foot and a half of water in my apartment. A foot and a half? Well, maybe an exaggeration. Maybe a, a, close to a fo- half a foot. Let's say. Oh, but so that's enough. You're ankle yeah. deep in and, water. That's oh, and back that. then, back then I did not. I got kitted for this, uh, but I did not have a dresser. I saw no need for dressers or desks. I basically kept my clothes neat, not sloppy, fairly neatly stacked by organization. Underwear here, socks here, but everything was on the ground. I didn't have a dresser, so basically, eighty uh, percent of my entire wardrobe was floating through the apartment. And I had a pair of socks that was doing the backstroke, by the way, quite well. So something tells me you went to J.C. Penney's and redid your wardrobe that afternoon. <laughs> Wrong department store, but very close, actually, very close. And it wasn't that afternoon. It was the Kmart. It was the next day. Target is good deals, by the way. Don't knock Target. Underrated clothing store. Well, this was back in the day, so it might have been Venture or Zare. Oh, Venture, heck yeah. <laughs> David Olson heading a little bit too close to home, folks. All right. Have we covered natural disasters? Can we move on to sports, which has their own share of uh, natural disasters? Any other fumes you need to get out, Big Dog, before we move to the sporting world? Oh, there's always plenty of fumes that I need to exhaust. But uh, you know, I, I have to admit, there's plenty to talk about in the world of sports on uh, which which was a, a fantastic Monday around the cool around mm-hmm. the league. So. Yeah, particularly in baseball, Matt Garza pitching a no hitter for Tampa Bay, and uh, uh, of course I didn't see it, but what I heard, Big Dog, is he faced the minimum 27 batters. And was it the first batter that he walked? Did I get that right? Um, it may have been because he walked B.J. Upton, Coach. Okay. So uh, I, I don't think it was. I think it was the ninth hitter. I think it was in the third inning. 
that he that he walked BJ up. I'm I'm not 100 percent positive about that. All right. Well, bottom uh, line is he struck out six. We do know this. He allowed one runner on a walk. That runner promptly got wiped out on a double play. Uh, 27 batters up, 27 down. Unbelievable, big dog. Yet another no hitter in this year's Major League Baseball season. Yeah, and, and you know what, Coach? I, I, I hopefully it, it isn't the the year of the pitcher; it's the era of the pitcher. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I really like the fact now that that runs are at a premium, and it, and it and it means a lot in order to actually score. You know, like back in the day when it seemed like, oh, you got a oh, a guy hit a home run. Oh, who is the always oh, shortstop? Oh, he hit oh, he hit 25 this year. I, I like it now that it's more difficult to score. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm enjoying this. All right. Well, Tampa Bay has been the victim of, what, two no-hitters this year already and one last year by Mark Burley. So three over the course of uh, what's the equivalent of one season, which is unheard of. So it's kind of ironic that uh, Tampa Bay gets a no-hitter of their own. Yeah, they finally got one. It's uh, the first in the history of the, the Tampa Bay Rays, mm-hmm. and uh, 17,000 people were there to see it, believe it or not. <laughs> A reported 17,000, in actuality about 9,300. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine if that particular ball club played at Rigby Field? I mean, legitimately, the place would come apart at the seams because we have a, you know, a quality ball club. Yeah, what were they, three games behind the Yankees? I mean, they were the best team in baseball first, what would you say, month and a half? And they haven't dropped that. They went into a little bit of a slump, but they're still playing very good baseball. Three behind the Yankees and a very good contender for the uh, wild card race. It appears the Boston Red Sox are disinterested at this point. Well, uh, I really wouldn't rip uh, the Red Sox for being disinterested. Look at how many injuries that team has had. They talk about falling apart at the seams. I mean, mm-hmm. their their best player, Dustin Pedroia, you know, has, has been out for what two months? Well, now he's about a month now. Yep. You know, Victor Martinez is just coming back after miss, missing a month. Uh, they, uh, Josh Beckett missed two months. I mean, I, I'm not going to rip the the Red Sox for being disinterested. You can say that about the Chicago Cubs about being disinterested, but uh, well, we're gonna, the, the Red Sox have had. Oh yeah! All of a sudden, yeah, they're, they're interested now. That all, all of a sudden they're going to try to show some life right before the trade deadline. Like we we will get to the Cubs in just a second, and I think there's a little more interest than disinterest of late. But uh, you forgot of to late. mention of late, yes. You forgot to mention with the Red Sox the uh, injury with the young third baseman earlier in the year that I think David Poppy Ortiz tried to eat, and the guy missed like a month and a half with a broken leg. We don't we don't <laughs> want to leave out that injury. Um, it's part of the uh, rookie hazing, by the way, for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yeah, what's wrong with rookies not wanting to get hazed anymore? Yeah, who was there? There was a football player, right? Yeah, you know, Brian. And, and you know what, Coach? I have defended that kid for a year now. After after that whole deal when he ended up losing his eligibility because Deion Sanders bought him a dinner, which was an absolute joke. We're talking I mean, about maybe you take a game away from the kid, but to take his whole season, the NCAA needs. To really learn, I mean, the amount of money that comes in for these football and these basketball programs, mm-hmm. and to spend a kid a whole entire season for that, you know. So I was really, I've always been on Des Bryant's side, and, and you know what? You're a rookie. Carry the guy's shoulder pads. You know what? You carry his shoulder pads, and as you carry his shoulder pads, being like, you know what? Yeah, I'm carrying your shoulder pads, and by the way, I'm going to carry this team because I'm going to take your job. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? When when he gets hazed by the rest of the team, they are really going to give it to that guy because you know you know the veterans are yeah. planning to do something big time to Des Bryant now, and 
I, I just, you know, hopefully he just comes up. He's like, you know what? I should have done it. That's it. Walter Payton carried somebody's shoulder pads. Jerry Rice carried somebody's shoulder pads. Joe Montana did it. Tom Brady did it. Well, guess what? He does, Brian. You should have done it, too. I was kind of torn on the story. And any listeners you want to uh, chime in on our uh, early topics on today's show, no-hitters in baseball, natural disasters at home or otherwise, and an interesting little story on uh, hazing. At the major league level, not really hazing. We shouldn't say that, but the, the well, well no, we can no. That's what hazing supposed to be now in 2010. It's no longer supposed to be, you know, tie a 17 year old yeah. girl up to a tree and <laughs> then have some guy put his paint on her head. You know, yeah. that 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 type of hazing is now that's called harassment or abuse. Well, rightfully so, so. rightfully yeah. so. You want to chime in on any of our three scintillating early stories? Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Or if you want to change the topic, we encourage that as well. Eight eight eight. Four six three sixty seven forty eight nine lines open. If you want to try to squeeze in, I was torn a little bit on that story. One is as as you said, you know, come on, everybody doesn't roll with the punches. Be a good soldier. I don't care if you're a star. Let your actions speak for you. The other part of me, though, big dog says maybe that's a tradition that's uh, a little old. Maybe we need, you know, in this modern day of sports, need to move on from that at every level. High school, college, and pro, yada, 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 make the rookies carry that. Absolutely, you know what? Absolutely not. Eh, I don't know. Absolutely not. Why not? Here's the reason, Coach. It's more of a symbolism of this. For a couple weeks, for just a couple weeks, mm-hmm. you carry you carry the, the veteran shoulder pads off the field. And it's just as simple as this. You have to learn how to become an NFL player. There are certain things you have to go through. I'm not talking about carrying the shoulder pads off. I mean, symbolism of all the other things that you have to figure out about your life as a new NFL player. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're carrying those shoulder pads out there, you're going to be like, oh, these guys have actually made it. They've been here a while. How did they do it? It's, it's more symbolic than, obviously, it doesn't, what do you call it, cost you anything to actually carry your own shoulder pads off the, off the field. There's all of a sudden, like, Roy Williams is like, wow, I feel a lot better that I didn't have to carry those 18-ounce shoulder pads off the field. It's, it's a symbolism of something that what you have to do in order to become a man in the NFL. So I, I could totally, totally disagree with you. And I, I, do like, I do like the attitude of, like, oh, I'm taking your job. I'm not carrying your shoulder pads. But I, I wish he would have rethought it and been like, yeah, I'll carry your shoulder pads because I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to become an NFL player, in order to become a man, to become a leader, because you know what? I'm going to be in this league for 15 years, and for 14 of them, some rookie's going to carry my shoulder pad. Mm-hmm. Well, you, by the way, you don't totally disagree with me, because I was half and half on it. So you you totally disagree with my other half. But I did say part of it, the other half, and probably the stronger part is agreeing with you that just be a good soldier and, and you know do what other rookies have done over the years. I remember, see if you can come up with the name, Big Dog, one of the... Greatest trivia experts. If any fans out there, if you have a sports trivia question, I'll put the big dog up against any. Anybody. Any sports talk host out there in the country, international, even uh, who was the, our great sports talk trivia guy from Iraq? We used to check in, David Olson, with WIRQ Radio in Iraq. And yeah, it was. I have uh, to admit, he's got cricket on me. Unlike I, yes, that the hit the cricket names that guy knows yes. is ridiculous. He has cricket I on I you. He was making them up. And he also has rickets, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> well, who was his name? Oh, El Zayer Zayet. Yes. From WIRQ Radio, that guy was yes. unbelievable. But, but if anybody wants to test the big dogs trivia, fire on any question. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You want to do it via the email? We'll read those and. Uh, 
uh, the, the big dog, 94% success rate, which is unbelievable in trivia questions. You can do it at Mike Two Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Any trivia question you want to throw at them, sports related. Mike Two Guys, AOL.com. I would have to say, it doesn't have to be sports related, coach. As long as it's not pop culture related. Don't ask okay. me anything about like television right. or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Okay. Very worldly too. Like, I'm not going to know who plays so-and-so on yep. Survivor or whatever. Okay. I don't even know right. who the host right. of Survivor but, is. But, but politically or a world history, we can throw those out at yeah. you too. But here's my question for you. Which Chicago Bear player, uh, not a long, long time ago, but not recent either, sort of in that mid-range. He's been gone for a while. Might still be in the NFL. Which Chicago Bear player turned off just about every one of his teammates by being one of the most obnoxious rookies ever, including refusing to go along with rookie hazing. They hated this. There you go. It's unbelievable. 94.8% success right now. And, and that's kind of, that was a subjective question and not yes. an objective one, Coach. Yeah, but he, You've asked me questions like that before. Yeah. when and like uh, You asked me one time, like, uh, it was like, I forget how we did this one thing, but you it was... The, Oh, I remember that great game you used to play. It was you used to give a name out, and there'd be two people there, and uh, you would just <laughs> give a name out, and you have to say what they did. So, so if you said Patty Harrington, yes. I'd have to say PGA golfer. Yes, you know that's a pretty easy one. But you gave me Sasha Cohn one time, and I said Sasha Cohn. He's Ollie G. He's he's uh, uh, he's Funky Shit Bruno. Okay, and you're like, no, he's no, no, she's not. He's a figure skater, and I'm like, oh, I know she's a figure skater, but. The other Sasha Cohn is so much more, uh, and I, I was so mad at you about I'm you, still to this day, obviously. Apparently, we heard a nerve on that one. That was Sasha Baron Cohn, much less attractive than the figure skater Sasha Cohn. Yes, but he, uh, he can do the splits just like she can. Those are two of my favorite Sashas ever. My third favorite Sasha was a dog that lived in the neighborhood when I was growing up. Wonderful dog named Sasha. Yeah, that's that Sasha whenever Sasha yeah. ran. <laughs> But you do remember Todd Sauerbrown, one of the arguably one of the most obnoxious rookies ever to enter the league. I mean that I, I still and remember the Bear of, players. One of the biggest disappointments in Bears draft history. Stan Thomas, you draft a punter in the second round. This guy averaged like some. I mean, he averaged like forty-eight yards a kick at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He had, used to have like the greatest hang time ever. He came to the Bears. He would drop snaps. He had horrible hang time. You know, he was supposed to directional kick. He would kick it the other way, and then we'd have a kick return for him. And then he would then he would complain that it wasn't his fault. Yeah. I mean, he did everything wrong, Coach. Well, the problem was, and you, you are exactly right, the problem was once he got the big money and came to Chicago, he had too much hang time, hanging around uh, bad clubs and hanging around bad people and just hanging out at his apartment instead of punting. So one could argue, in the wrong sense of a term, he had too much hang time. Now, uh, Please, please, definitely correct me if I'm wrong here, but I am 99% positive that he, along with Cade McNown, who did this at UCLA, but Todd Towerman did something a little different. He parked in uh, the handicapped parking spot in the players' parking lot at Hallis Hall. I think that and was he Kate. got in trouble for it. And he, he said something like, oh, like we have any handicapped football yep. players on our team. Yep, yep. That was like his response to it. That's the type of attitude that yeah. that punk had, yeah, by the way. Brutal. He had a few successful years, I think, with uh, Indianapolis. But at any rate, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. It was Kansas City. Okay, and it was, and it took him. He he realized late in his career that he had to quit acting like a punk, because I think that's what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So possibly in his collegiate days, a steroid contender. Coach, that guy. He had a was big neck. Jack. 
was Jack. He was he's without a doubt one of the most one of the largest punters ever in the history mm-hmm. of the game. What like book? He looked, he looked like he could play strong safety. What book would be thinner or smaller? Uh, punters who did steroids in college or famous Jewish sports athletes? You know, Coach, <laughs> I, 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 I hate to tell you this, though, but you know what? If Okay, there's a reason people become punters and long snappers and stuff, and those guys will pretty much do anything. They're smart enough okay. to, to figure out, like, oh, I want to play in the NFL, but mm-hmm. I'm not fast enough, strong enough, you know, smart enough to remember the place. So maybe I can be a long Damn. snapper. Maybe I could be a punter. Like, if you're a field goal kicker, there's a certain talent to that. So I, I would bet you, you'd be surprised how many punters okay. actually have taken steroids. I, uh, really, I'm, can I, I'm not just saying that to try to, I, like, stir some controversy up. You're probably right. The opportunity to play at the collegiate professional level, even if it's a punter, I, I, I would agree with you. I'm just, uh, and we'll throw it out with David Olson, our producer's permission as our daily quandary today. I'm trying to find a book or a pamphlet thinner. Thinner than the famous Jewish athletes pamphlet. If any of our fans could, or maybe Big Dog, you've got some ideas. What would be a book thinner? I thought punters on steroids, but you're right. Even we we even lose to that one. Uh, uh, how about you, this one? Uh, okay. Four guys who date supermodels. <laughs> That's right up there. Although you know, <laughs> supermodels these ever since that uh, what's the nerd joke that came on the. Uh, you had the the movie, the Revenge of the Nerds movies. Was it Big Bang Theory or something like that? <laughs> I don't think that's exactly it. But thanks for asking. And then there's a TV show, right? That 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 matched up the nerd guy with the beautiful oh, woman. Oh, I know what you're saying. T- yeah, not, it's on the WB, and if you watch Cub Games on Channel Nine, yeah, okay. it's called Beauty and the Geek. It's not on anymore. Beauty and the Geek, and then yeah, you okay. got Freaks and Geeks. So I, you know what? Uh, even that book, uh, you know, 10 years ago maybe, but with the advent, I think nerds are in right now, Big Duck. My high school career could have been a lot more successful if I was born about 30 years later. What can I say? All right, we're still, that's a good call, though. So can we throw that out to the fans, though? Yeah, how book? about professional athletes who don't cheat? It's a cheap shot. It's a cheap <laughs> well, shot. True. Well, you know what? Everything that I say is going to be a cheap shot because every everything that I could say is in a, some way is going to hurt somebody's feelings, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, I probably hurt a bunch of poor people, poor men's feelings, but kind of like uh, you can tell Jewish jokes and I can't, it's okay. very similar. <laughs> okay, like if you actually said, oh, poor guys that date supermodels, I'd be a little offended, to be quite honest with you, if you said it. But, you know, I can say that type of stuff. They're hitting a little bit too close to home, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, before, here. before we head to a break, and by the way, when we come back from the break, we mentioned this in our emails and Facebook that we sent out, the master of apologies, a veteran of apologies, my good partner, the big dog, Joe Radwanski. Oh, I'm really good at apologies. That's what I'm talking about. You have gotten in enough trouble in your life. You are an expert on apologies. I want you to break down the pros, the minuses, and everything in between in the Carlos Zambrano apology. I can't think of a better person to talk to. I I absolutely would love to do this. And and, uh, if uh, blackandbluecity.com, if anybody goes to that, they can actually check out my thoughts like and actually see me, Sam. But I got to tell you something, Coach. If you're not an idiot, you understood what the heck was going on. But if you're like one of those idiot Cub fans, Mm -hmm. right now you're like, I really think he means it. He absolutely, what a good guy. I think he's learned his lesson. He's going to be a good soldier from now on. Mm-hmm. But anybody else with a brain is going to be like, man, that yeah. guy was coached up, and he said exactly what he was told to say 
during that particular uh, I may because... I may disagree with you a bit. Let, let's on, take Coach. a quick break. We'll put the boxing gloves on. Folks, you want to uh, dial up, join the discussion, we welcome you to do so. In fact, we encourage it. Otherwise, you got to listen to the two of us talk. 888-463-6748. The strong and silent one, my bodyguard, David Olson, our producer, will be back in about 42 seconds. 888-463-6748. The phone number. Dial it up. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Not easy, big dog. Not easy being a baseball owner. I know uh, very few people will feel sorry for baseball owners. Most of them are multi multi-millionaires, but I'm watching uh, on the screen as we come back on the air here, TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Our phone number. The Anaheim Angels dish out a lot of money to bring in pitcher Dan Heron. He pitches the first game for him. I'm assuming some of that money is guaranteed, and somewhere in the third or fourth inning, he gets a line drive right back on his right shoulder, his pitching arm, and uh-huh. uh, who knows how long he'll be out. But there he is, immediately pulled out of the game. So, um. Let me share something with you, Coach. Please. If you, if you have a baseball or a basketball contract and you actually see the numbers in that contract, yep. 100% of that money is guaranteed. That's why I prefaced Period. it by saying, in some ways, it's it's not all that much fun to be an owner when something like that happens. You, you, you know what? I, I would love to have a concern about how I'm going to pay a $15 million a year guy because something yeah. tells me I'd figure out a way to do it. But, but nevertheless, I, I had that concern right now. You're right. If looking at the other side of it, but nevertheless, if you got that money, it's still maybe not quite the pain you're feeling as a uh, three out of four less. If you didn't join us at the start of the show, Big Dog, three out of four on the less. He's date less. He's car less. He's job less, but he does have a home. So one out of no, four. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm not date less. I'm loveless. I'm like, ah. I, I don't love anybody, which is fine. Okay. I'll continue. But you are not dateless. That hasn't been the issue lately. It's an interesting uh, dichotomy. Some would say they'd that's rather be they'd rather be loveless than dateless. That's what I'm saying. 90 degree weather in a pool. It's almost impossible. <laughs> it's almost impossible <laughs> to be dateless, coach. <laughs> oh. Even even if you're bald, I'm hairless. <laughs> If we had more time, I'd love to get into it, but I know you got to leave early today, so we will uh, move on. And uh, once again, we are America's number one family sports show. 
as long as you don't have a family. Otherwise, we might delve into that a little bit more. But I think we'll stay away from you, divorce women, and swimming pools if we could. I am childless, too, by the way. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, we mentioned before the break, Big Dawn, you the master of apologies, a man who, uh, and we love you, but a man who's gotten in his share of trouble over the years. Most of it innocent. Most of it innocent. Very few of it is mean-spirited, but Big Dog has experienced Many situations where you've needed to apologize, so we're calling you the master of apologize. apologies. Carlos Zambrano surprised the baseball world a little bit by apologizing via the media and not to his teammate directly. Do I have the gist of that, sort of? Well, okay. He hasn't. Sp- he has spoken to Derek Lee, which was the one player specifically he needed to, and yep. supposedly he did that within 20 hours. Of, uh, of the actual incident in game mm-hmm. one of the second series of the White Sox series. Which was good. But he hasn't seen his teammates since. He's been, you know, in AAA and all that. So he did say that when he gets there, that's the first thing he's going to do when he sees all his teammates. So let's not make too much of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the guy's got other issues. To be quite honest with you, he's going to, if he would have apologized right away anyways, it would have been kind of contrived. So I, I'm not worried about any of that. The thing that I'm more concerned about is him to get his location to where it should be and his velocity where it should be. If all that happens, the best way for him to apologize to his teammates is to, to pitch well and shut up when somebody makes a mistake behind him. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's all he needs to do. The the third thing of actually apologizing is is, is irrelevant to me, to be quite honest with you. Because I mean, how many people apologize and don't really mean it, Coach? Mm-hmm. There's there's you. And I guarantee you, out of those 24 other guys in the locker room, there's probably maybe one guy who actually took a psychology class and maybe two others that didn't need to that can figure out if he's lying or not. So 20 of the uh, the other 24 guys will just believe whatever he says anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? So what? I'd rather see him pitch well and act like a normal human being than actually apologize. Apology expert Joel Rodwanski joining us for a brief moment in time on our uh, fine talk show here. Two guys in a mic and phone lines open if you want to uh, ask any questions or if maybe you have an apology with a wife, with a loved one, uh, maybe a combination oh, thereof or anybody. I'm, Joel will help you walk you through it, talk you through it. Yes, sir. I'm excellent at that. If you That's need, why I, if you, yeah, that is what I can really help you out. <laughs> if you've messed up big time yes. with a girlfriend slash wife or both of them at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. i can definitely help you out in that particular situation you know, and that's... here's another thing guys i just i just want to i want to throw this out there a preemptive apology okay what you need oh, to do nice what you need to do is every once in a while you realize you're going to mess up and you're going to act guilty okay you need to do something nice where she says to you hey did you do something wrong and if you didn't do it, trust me, getting her uh, uh, some, like, you drive by one of those stands and you got plenty of time on the way home, okay, you know, nine ninety five for a dozen roses or something like that, go buy them. Mm-hmm. Do it early. Interesting. Because trust me, when you mess up some other time and you buy the roses, okay, she's going to be like, oh, you only buy them when you do something <laughs> wrong. Trust me. All this stuff adds up. I've been in there. So, and, and so that first time you do it, she's like, well, what did you do? And what? What? I, I can't do something <laughs> nice for you? Guys. The preemptive apology, because when you do get the roses, when you do mess up, <laughs> she's really all of a sudden there's going to be a bad taste in her mouth. Uh-huh. Okay, it's almost like you're you're building the foundation so that when there's some breaks, some cracks in the top part, the entire foundation does not break. Is that a, you know what I'm saying? You're you're building a solid foundation so when there are some cracks later on, the building will stand firm. Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it, 
and, and you need to do something like this once a month. And now I'm going to try to put this in a way that uh, the, the children <laughs> that are listening to the program have no idea what I'm talking about, Coach. Okay. But the, the adults do. Please, if you have a significant other, this goes this goes to you women out there too, because I know we have a lot of you know you know non sports fans that that listen to the show. So uh, most of those are, are women in that particular category. But how about this? Hmm. Do something for them that is good for them, and then just roll over and go to sleep. If you know what I'm saying, coach. <laughs> Do that at least once a month, okay? Because trust mm-hmm. me, you'd be much happier in the long run. Once again, preemptive. 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 Exactly. See, this is the kind of expert advice. This is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of thing that the everyday average uh, hacker apologist like myself would not think of. Outstanding advice. Big dog, uh, you mentioned of the lessons that you're in right now. You are jobless, possibly. Possibly a successful internet website. Uh, expert on apology. I don't know if anyone's done that. Maybe like so sorry, www.sosorry.com, where people who get in trouble and looking for the best Ways to, uh, you know, apologize. You could give them some advice, a little question and answer thing. This could be a successful website for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be much better than my vendetta.com. <laughs> that got me in a lot of trouble, Coach. That got me, well, seriously, you know. I would think the vendetta.com might be a natural lead into www.sosorry.com. Yeah, isn't it, isn't, isn't it so strange that, the, you know, the, the guy that's the apology expert is also the revenge expert? You know, obviously I'm, I'm begging for somebody else's forgiveness, but I can't forgive somebody else. Uh, it is an interesting um, story and differentiation, no question about it. All right, so we got another business idea for you. I'm just trying to trying to help you out, my friend. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, at noon today, I actually meeting somebody who has one of the most phenomenal uh, Internet ideas ever that I've ever heard of. So it's, uh, it's even big- better. Better than www.sosorry.com? Yeah, yeah. This, this isn't like a gimmick. It's like a okay. legitimate, uh, you know what I mean? It's not going to be one of those fly-by-night things because uh, there's nothing. Well, the vendetta.com was pretty good, Coach, but uh, <laughs> I got arrested way too many times with that. So. Vendetta.com. But getting back to the, the, the story that brought us to this ridiculous point, once again, the big dog and coach getting sidetracked uh, off on a – fork in the road that uh, we didn't particularly want to take, but it seems to happen each and every show. The story that got us started was the Carlos Zambrano thing. And, you know, the more initially when I saw the latest blow up, it was, yeah, more of that. And I was kind of negative on Zambrano. But you know what? Uh, The guy is a competitor and he does want to win. Calling out your teammates is inexcusable. I don't think he does it in a negative attitude way, in a mean spirited way. It sounds kind of weird to say, because how can you do that without calling? He does it out of emotion. But when I watch Carlos Zambrano, when he's not pitching, big deal, here's the best way I can describe it. When he's not pitching, Carlos Zambrano is up on those steps, cheering on his teammates. He's as competitive as any pitcher I've seen when he's not pitching. He wants to win. He really, really does. He is competitive. I don't think he's a bad guy, despite all the stuff that's going on. At his very core, I think he's a good guy. Now if he could just get people out. You know what, Coach? I have to agree 100% with you on that, and that's why it kind of bothers me with, like, on this show and on, on Black and Blue City. You know, I've taken advantage of to make fun of them uh, but, and call him a hothead and do all that other stuff. Yeah, but to be honest with you, he's really a sweet guy. He's just confused. Yep. And he's got, and uh, it's funny because in the middle of all this, he starts talking about, like, the anger management stuff, and he talks about if somebody cuts him off in traffic, he freaks out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to, and I learned, I'm like, I could really care less. I am not going to get upset over some somebody causing me an extra two seconds to get somewhere. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so. My wife is like that, by the way. You've met, you've met uh, my lovely wife. 
Yeah, she seems her, like a really nice woman. Don't she does. Her off, I guess so. the, 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 the key phrase there, she seems like a very nice woman, and she is. <laughs> yeah, I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating very much, but when she gets behind the wheel, it is total, total personality uh, switch. And she becomes somewhat of a raging maniac. Profanity, occasionally the verbal, just constantly. It's like it's like her against the world when she's driving. There are people like that, and apparently Carlos Zambrano was one of them also. Yeah, I, I got over that particular. Yeah, uh, part it's like who my, cares uh, if you're there a minute later, or two minutes later? You know, you know, you could have taken that road. It's a, it's a quicker way. It's a quicker way, and getting all frustrated because that's a quicker way to go. And the way I went is like maybe thirty seconds slower, or a minute. Life is too short, so it's nice to know, Big Doe, that you have matured and you're now letting um, letting things settle a little bit behind the wheel. Yeah, you know what? I, I, there's some things that I really care about, Coach. Yes. The stuff that I, I can't really control, I'm not going to worry too much about it. And that's, very, that's not just me talking like that. I really have become that. A very over. mature uh, thought process from someone who used to uh, be in charge of the website Vendetta.com. You see, but you can control that. Type yeah, of stuff. Apparently, I hope Carlos Zambrano is not listening. He finds out about that website, we could all be in trouble. Yeah, all of a sudden, Derek Lee sleeping yeah. with the fishes. The, the Chicago Cub twenty-five man roster down to twenty-two. They, better, <laughs> they, they tried calling up eight people from Iowa. None of them want to come. Uh, not today. We got a big no, game down no. in Iowa. I don't want to go to the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Call me up in four days. We got we got a series against uh, Rock River in Rock and uh, Rockford. All right, so but you do agree with me a little bit at the core. Carlos Zambrano actually not a bad guy. The big thing is now he's got a pitch. He's got to get people out, be the Carlos Zambrano of days gone by. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it might seem kind of callous and hard-edged, Coach, but if he really, really, really wants his teammates to forgive him and mm-hmm. apologize, uh, the, like I said, the two things, pitch well and and do and do the Bob Gibson, do the do the Greg Maddox. When somebody behind you makes a mistake, yep. you don't glare at him, you don't give him a scowl. You look at him, you give him a wink, being like, "Hey, I'm dominant up here. I'm an mm-hmm. awesome pitcher. I'll get your back." And then you know what? Those guys will run through a wall for you when you do that. Greg Maddox never yelled at a teammate. He understood people made mistakes. He just looked at him and be like, "Don't worry, I got your back." And then all of a sudden, he knew while he started pitching again, that guy out there all of a sudden feels like you owe him. You know what I mean? Or he owes you. So uh, he just needs to learn a little bit more uh, the psychological tricks, Coach. You know, guilt, guilt. You know, mm-hmm. you know that as a like when your parents would say, "Oh, I'm disappointed in you." It was a lot worse than when they just went off and went crazy on you. You know what I mean? That's you, very that's true. The way, that's the way you got to treat people. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everybody. Maybe there are some people that you got to just blurt at and you know and belittle them, but. Typically, human beings work a lot better when you give them the guilt trip than when you uh, wag the finger in their face. No question. And I will even piggyback on that a little bit and say that though, uh, even better than an apology, not only while he's pitching, Big Dog, and when he's not pitching. You know, be the first guy in the dugout to compliment guys when they come in and be real mm-hmm. positive with the player. Better than a, a formal apology, just be a real supportive teammate even when you're not pitching. Absolutely. Absolutely. And- yeah, you know what cracks me up? If you think about who the best baseball player has been since 1996, mm-hmm. we can, we can, we, you can debate this all that you want, but generally speaking, I think it is uh, Derek Jeter. I mean, the guy's going to end up with 3,000 hits in the middle of next season. Uh, the guy continually is uh, one of the best shortstops in the game of baseball. 
Do you know where he is, is on every single pitch of the game when he isn't on the on-deck circle playing short or in the batter's box or mm-hmm. on the bases? He's yep. on the top step of the uh, top step of the uh, of the stairs in the Yankees dugout. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something. There's and the guy's the best winner in the game. So I, I don't. Yeah. There's something to be said about being able to you know cheer your teammates on and and really being a, a good teammate all the way around. And you know what? When people mess up, Jeter glares at him. You know, he doesn't wag the feet or anything. Kind of like he like he just gives him like the whole shake his head like you know get the butt down or mm-hmm. oh you have a bad base running mistake. He doesn't yell and scream at people, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, Jeter knew I messed up, so I better get better. I, that It's so true. I watch a lot of Yankee game posts, and uh, he always does that. Yeah, and another guy who uh, was sort of like that, maybe not quite as charismatic, maybe not quite as effusive as Derek Jeter can be, but uh, over the weekend, Big Dog, one of your favorite players, one of a lot of people's fans, and, and, and maybe even more telling players. His teammates and competitors, one of their favorite players of all time, got inducted to the Hall of Fame, ex-Chicago Cub Andre Dawson. A very moving speech. We did not get to do the show live yesterday. Uh, real quick, as I do know you got to run today, I'd love your thoughts on the Hall of Fame ceremony. I'm sure you were thrilled to see the Hawk, Andre Dawson, finally get in. Coach, absolutely, 100%. Talk about a deserving guy. And. You know, when they do the Hall of, when people get elected to Hall of Fame, they hate these. Oh, you got to have these stats and this and that. No, you judge a guy by the era he played in and how good he was in that particular era. And there was a, a three or four year span where Andre Dawson was the best player in Major League Baseball. And I don't care if he only had 400 home runs, you know, 300 sold bases, whatever. All I know is this is during his era, the man was incredible. And you talk about it. all his teammates loved him. All the teammates knew, do not mess with this particular guy. He was fair. And you, you know what a beautiful thing is, Coach? I, I, I remember seeing this one time where I saw Andre Dawson. It's, I, I don't ask people for their autographs, Coach. But I saw, like, legitimately like 100 people. He got, like, cornered in a hotel. One of the few times I actually, the only time I ever saw Andre Dawson outside. And he stood out there, and somebody told me he signed every single one of those autographs. He just waited. People, mm-hmm. if, if somebody wanted his autograph, he gave it to you. He was just one of those guys, Coach. Exuded, like exuded, all ever. Yeah, he exuded class. Absolutely, that's pretty much. And, and you know what? If he was not a great athlete, and by the way, he uh, was not a highly recruited baseball player, Hall of Famer, who I think had to walk on at Florida A and M, home of the Rattlers. He uh-huh. was a, he was a high school football player, got injured. So here's a guy who barely. Even played college, uh, got into college baseball, and became a baseball Hall of Famer. But uh, if he was not a great athlete, Big Dog, would you agree? Here's a guy who, whatever business or profession he would have gone into, he would have been a huge success in that profession as well. Yeah, he because he was just one of those guys that went after it. It never took a day off. I mean, yeah. he, obviously he too rested. But what that was like, his knees were so bad they were ridiculous, especially one of them. And somehow he figured out a way mm-hmm. to go out there and play every single day whenever he possibly could uh i don't think there's a more beloved teammate as a chicago cub that i that i can remember in my lifetime legitimately coach you mm-hmm. know I, I think about this a lot, everybody seems to have issues most people like mark race but there were some people who thought he was a pain in the butt you know the, a few people back door talk bad about about uh you know ryan sandberg as a teammate very few but a few do Nobody. I've never heard a bad word about Andre Dawson ever. Everything. Everybody. Everybody talks about him was like he was the best teammate I've ever had. Everybody said that goes mm-hmm. a long way, Coach. It, mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. And, uh, and he but, 
he fully appreciated, I think, the love he got, uh, particularly in Chicago, because Montreal, he played a lot of years in Montreal, but as you know, the Expo fans, not quite the passionate or knowledgeable baseball fans that uh, we have here in the fine city of Chicago. No, no, they, they're, they're absolutely not. And, and you talk about not highly recruited out of, you know, you went to Florida A&M. How many, how many Hall of Fame baseball players since the draft was, uh, was, you know, around? Mm-hmm. We're, we're picked in the 13th round. Most Hall of Fame guys, you know, they're first, second, third round picks. You don't find too many people. Greg Maddox, by the way, was like a 19th round pick. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I guess, no, actually he was a fourth round pick. There was two different drafts with him, but it doesn't happen very often. So, you know, it's one of those guys that maybe wasn't, didn't have supposedly like the typical baseball tools, mm-hmm. but he figured a, figured a way out, coach. By the, by the way, you mentioned uh, getting autographs, and I uh, passed up an opportunity, as I often do, to get an autograph yesterday. How about this? For it up close and personal in the world of sports, Big Dog, I'm taking a walk. My car was in the shop yesterday, about a 10-minute walk from my office. So uh-huh. I'm walking back from my office over to the car shop on a side street. There's a fitness, personal fitness training place uh, that I pass by every time to go to the uh, automobile dealer. Okay, and I, you know, I know they've dealt with some high school, college athletes. I wasn't sure if they've dealt with pro athletes, but, uh, you know, it's mostly indoors. Anyhow, so I'm walking down the side street outside the place, right in the middle of the street. In the middle of the street is a African American guy, not real big, but pretty athletic looking, but again, not physically imposing, not real big. And he's got uh, a base behind him, and there's three large weights on the base, and he's strapped into some contraption. And then there's a personal instructor, uh, standing next to him in the middle of the street in the middle of the street again now it wasn't a busy street it was the side street but in the middle of the street cars do go there so it's kind of odd so i walked by and you know i wasn't going to do the whole you know i'm a sports talk host blah 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 so i just uh, very kindly said but hey that doesn't look like too much fun and uh, the guy uh looks he says no it's not you want to help me and i go uh, so what are you training for what sport are you training for and he goes football <laughs> So and again, not a physically imposing guy. I thought you know maybe a, you know college player. Maybe he's trying out for like one of those semi-pro teams. What team are you trying out for? He goes the Chicago Bears. <laughs> so I feel like a complete fool. And then I realized it was Charles Peanut Tillman. You up, didn't know who Tillman was. Wow, well, like. yeah, I'm not expecting on a five ten minute walk to the car dealership to see Peanut Tillman in the middle of the street. He's one of my favorite Bears. I do know him, but it just you know what Why I'm did saying. It take you 46 minutes to bring this story up today. It didn't connect right away. So anyhow, I didn't do the whole sports, didn't do the autograph. I basically said, hey, you guys are going to have a great season. Good luck. And uh, let me add that he did not look happy to be out there training. <laughs> I hope Why it was, was he in the middle of the street again? Huh? Why was he in the middle of the street? He was. They had him the fitness play. He, he was working out there with one of the trainers, getting ready for Bears training camp, apparently. And he they had him with a... Big base behind him, one of those pulley things where you drag weights, you know, one of those deals. Speed training, power training. You get the uh-huh. picture? He's, you know, he's strapped into one of those apparatuses. You've seen it before. Where they, you know, they have to sprint and they drag weight behind him. You sound like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, Coach. Yeah. yeah. Trivia question. Which self-made professional football player near Hall of Famer used to strap himself up to cars and Jeeps after practice and and drag a Jeep or a car around the football field. That's good. I like that, Coach. Absolutely like it. Do you know who it is? Who? I, I mean, I just at the start of the show, I said 95% uh, 
you know, trivia sports uh, knowledge or you do not know? No, who did it? The uh, Purdue fullback from Joliet Catholic, Mike, help me out, Al. Allstott. 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 Is that true? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. At the University of Purdue. He, he was a, he's a self-made football star. Absolutely. He would strap himself to a car and just drag that baby around. I think, what are you, what are you looking at me like that? It's a well-known story. Never heard that and I knew Mike Alstott and I played football with Mike Alstott. You say you, you could. You played re- football, Dave Olson? I, I did, yeah. At Lockport? At Lockport, yeah. How tough, I, oh, I gotta ask you. Well, is, no, he was, he played Joliet Catholic and I did a couple summer, uh, training camps. Okay. Him, but. Cause that, that son of a gun was, I, mean, I can't imagine trying to tackle him. Why, why run to the left? Why run to the right when I can run straight forward and run over you? Yeah, exactly. And like, exactly. oh no, look it up. Just, just Google Mike Allstott. There's all kind of stories with that. I had never heard that. Oh story. yeah, he was he was a he was a workaholic. Thank you for getting my back, Dave Olson. Yeah. So I'm not the only one. But anyhow, yeah, I, I never I never heard that. Never okay. Heard that. All right. Uh, but anyhow, and up close and personal with Peanut Tillman, Big Doug. I should have mentioned. I probably should have. I could have got him for the uh, show today. But that's what I'm saying, Coach. What were you doing? On the slightly discouraging side, he looked like he had total disinterest in being out there training. I'm hoping that's not an indication of where the bear mentality is. No, 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 no. Come on. it's uh, There's something to be said about it. That guy doesn't normally is in his camp. He always has some surgery that he's going through. He normally shows up for a camp like August 28th, practices for a week, and he's the Bears' best cornerback. So mm-hmm. All right. I really like him. He's, uh, without a doubt, one of my favorite Bears. Uh, okay. Tillman, so. By the way, uh, I don't want to depress you in advance, but over the weekend, the Tour de France did come to a close. No more stage-to-stage coverage. Here on our uh, Two Guys in a Mic show, Big Dog. Very sad moment. Somehow I'll figure out how to get over it, Coach. <laughs> Don't know how, but I will. And you did not get, as you were hoping for, the classic race at the finish. Yeah, what the, what's up? Schleck only lost by uh, like eight seconds, but they did. Why don't they race the last day? I agree with you. I agree. I don't, I I don't can, understand that whatsoever. I can, I can never remember a battle to the finish in the Tour de France. So why don't they just say it's a 19-stage race with a victory lap on the 20th stage? I mean, mm-hmm. why don't they just say that? Because I don't know. Something tells me. Maybe I don't know much about bicycling, but you can make up eight seconds over 100 miles. I, I'm just guessing, okay? Maybe yeah. I'm wrong there. But have, have one of the guys on your team uh, dislocate the chain and the bicyclers, the lead bicyclist? Or maybe even as what happened, I think, in stage four this year, have one of the guys on your team headbutt the lead bicyclist. Those things might... Uh, Lessen the, the time difference. I, I got to tell you something. I would like cycling a lot more if there was more headbutting, more people hitting each other uh-huh. with tires. I mean, people that go, oh, we have to end this in the Tour de France. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm finally interested. Could you combine? We'd have to come up with a name for it, Big Dog. Again, maybe the, the two of us could create this sport, but I'm, I'm picturing a combination of bicycling and roller derby. And rollerblading? Roller derby. Oh, roller derby. Where, you know, one bicyclist breaks out of the pack and tries to pass up all the others. And the other bicyclist, you know, can elbow and can nail them and can try to headbutt them, et cetera. I think it could be a great entertainment for the entire family. Coach, as somebody that has fallen down on many a bike recently. Yes. I got to tell you something. It's, you wouldn't have, the careers would be pretty short in that particular industry. Once the sport would get popular as the owner of this particular sport, we would pay very well. <laughs> Believe me, once it would take a while to get a following, but we'll put out big contracts and we'll have nice health coverage, so not to worry. All right, uh, and Big Dog, I know you're a NASCAR fan as well. The Brickyard 400 um, over the weekend. Jamie McMurray, new star on the car racing circuit. 
You know what? It was, um, yeah, Kevin Harvick, my favorite racer, finished in second. And there was really no doubt who was going to win near the end because Jamie McMurray was so much faster than everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, good news, though, the biggest, uh, how do you say, uh, there's two real big jerks in that particular sport. Mm-hmm. One is Juan Pablo Montoya, one is Tony Stewart, and Juan Pablo Montoya is always crashing people, always. Well, guess what, Coach? He got he got crashed out, and he had the fastest car in the in the race, even outside of Jimmy McMurray, and he mm-hmm. like, he ended up finished like 17th. So I just had a laugh. It's like uh, ever I mean, he's had nothing but bad karma the last couple of years. And he deserves it. I believe so, it's but, Juan Pablo Carlos Rodriguez Antonio uh, Montoya. Francisco de Nacion Sebastian Montoya. God bless you. And uh, Jamie McMurray uh, winning. Uh, he won the Daytona 500, too, so he's uh, a little bit of a hot streak, I believe. Oh, uh, He's had a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. I'm really, yeah, he's without a doubt, he's had one of the best years of anybody in racing. And... He's part of the Chip Ganassi Racing, and he actually, they won the Indianapolis yep. 500, too. So. Well, they, yes, they won the big three. Is Brickyard 400 the third biggest of the car races, NASCAR? Uh, for NASCAR, it, it all depends. It's either it's either number two or number three, because obviously number one is Daytona. And a lot of people consider Talladega the number one. Give I mean, me number a, two. I got a list of the uh, 2010 Sprint Cup schedule. Just a word or two on uh, a few of them here. How about the Subway Fresh Fit 600 in Phoenix? Um, that is definitely in the top 34 races, Coach. This is a definitely. bit. This is a bit now. Not real serious here, Big Dog. How about the Crown Royal 400 in Richmond? Well, I got to tell you, it's much more entertaining when they drink the Crown Royal, Coach. <laughs> How about the Pocona 500 in beautiful Pocona? Where is beautiful Pocona? By the way, that's Pocono. Oh, God bless you. Okay. Poke your own. How about the Carfax 400 in beautiful uh, Michigan? Well, considering they're used, uh, they're racing used cars. It's pretty interesting, Coach. How about Irwin Tools 500 held in August coming up in Bristol? That's Irwin Bristol, Tools. Bristol, Connecticut. I believe so. Who goes to races in Bristol? Nobody goes to races up north. No one cares about <laughs> that. Coach. How about the Budweiser Shootout, uh, which is the leadoff race of the entire season? The Budweiser Shootout. I'm sure one of your favorite races. Yeah, I, I'm sure many of the necks will be out there watching that particular race. And, the, and drinking their Bud White. <laughs> the Goodies 500 in Martinsville. Any special place for the Goodies 500? Well, there's definitely a place for a coach, and most of the time you have to you, you can't reach in order to get there. Be nice to me, or we'll do a Midwest hunting and fishing report as well. Oh, please don't make me do that. <laughs> All right, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You're the expert of everything. Our trivia sports expert. You have also become our apology expert. If you didn't join us earlier, we're starting a new website, www.sosorry.com. Uh, any apologies that you need to make, uh, Big Dog will help you out via the Internet. And I love your hint given to our young listeners, particularly early in the show, the preemptive apology. That yes. might have been the highlight of today's show, Big Dog. Uh, the, the preemptive apology works numerous. Trust me, it's helped me out many times. So. <laughs> All right, and very quickly, the team nearest and dearest to your heart, the Chicago Cubs. A winner yesterday beat Houston. They're playing some decent baseball. You used the word disinterested uh, earlier in the show, Big Dog. Are you starting to at least feign a little bit of interest in your beloved Cubs? No, no, I didn't say I wasn't interested. I said the guys that uh, the, the the guy the team with the hundred and forty seven million dollar payroll ah, was disinterested. Okay, but they're getting a bit more interested. Yeah, maybe whatever. too late. Now you did, uh, David Olson. You remember this? We have on tape. You did predict, Big Dog, that watch the Cubs after the All Star break will play good for three weeks or a month. 
just good enough so they don't sell off their players and they get stuck with the same team next year. Yes, yes. And, I, and you know, I want them to hold revamping and go young because I'm going to be a Cub fan forever. I want to see a bunch of players that they can grow and, and mm-hmm. become good players. So, yeah. All I know is I, I was lucky enough to go, thanks to a Chicago Paul, uh, tickets to the Cub Cardinal game on Friday, my second game I've attended this year. And I watched the team out there Friday, Big Dog, with Derek Lee at first, Therio, Starlin Castro, Ramos Ramirez, a young, uh, you know, hitting hitter on the rise in Tyler Colvin, Marlon Bird, Alfonso Soriana, Soto, uh, you know, one of the better setup men and closers in baseball, both Marshall and Marmol, I think. And I'm watching that team for that game. And, and I'm thinking to myself, how can this team be so far under 500 and so far out of first place. Yeah, I wish I could answer those particular questions for you, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. If I could answer that Maybe. question, I would have Jim Hendry's job. Maybe we should go to a www.sosorry.com and uh, offer an apology to the uh, Chicago Cub fans. Uh, well, uh, we're, we're not the ones that actually have to come up with that particular apology, Coach. I, mm-hmm. I do believe it is the organization. Okay. Well, I know. That's what the website is for, though. We'll throw it out there. Big Dome, we got to wrap up today's show. We appreciate you joining us, my friend. If the female fans, you said you're, again, not dateless, but you are loveless. I'd love to advance from the dating stage to something a little bit more meaningful. If any female fans would like to crack that barrier, where might they find you today? Uh, at Hotmail, at Hotmail.com. Send me an email. <laughs> I'll try to get back to you. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be out uh, going to a job interview right now as we speak. So okay. Hopefully this guy doesn't mind me uh, being absolutely sweaty, so I better be going now, Coach. All right, be safe and good luck, okay? Take it easy, guys. Thank you, David Olson. All right, there it is, the big dog checking in. You can, too. We'll be back at you tomorrow. And we want to thank our producer, David Olson. we got to wrap it up. Have a great day, everybody. Tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.